Hello, my name is Jeremy Singer, and you're listening to Melagos, where I talk about music, classical music in particular. I would like to lead you through some of the beauties and complexities of the genre, and what we should learn to be a bit more of a diverse society. The National Endowment for the Arts reported that in 2012, 8.8% of Americans have been to classical music performances in the past 12 months, which was down from 11.6% a decade earlier. There's an undoubtable dying trend in the listening of classical music, which I would like to change. Classical music held spots in people's minds for centuries, but we're letting it go as boring and elitist. What do you want to feel? What do you want to understand? Classical music makes you the artist, not the composer. In this episode, I will go through some of the statistics about classical music, but in later episodes of the series, I will go into detail about specific pieces and what makes them special, with some jokes along the way, of course. Listen and enjoy, both to music and to this. I got the chance to talk to Alex Corboy, who is the board president of the Friends of Chamber Music group. I'll be spreading the clips of this interview throughout the podcast. To set the stage, I would like to first define what classical music is. This is what Alex said. It's a very broad question, and I think it's changing in the last five years. But, but I would say that it is um, music that is composed in styles that originated back in, in some cases uh, in the 8th, ninth centuries with um, music for religion and, and, and worshipping. And then when instruments became developed, there were composers who composed in the classical tradition, that is they used traditional forms and those forms to a great degree exist in some format to this day. Obviously, classical music can't be defined in one phrase, as Alex very well demonstrates. I found an article by Regis University, written by Erica Goetz, called Why Classical Music Still Matters. It stated that classical music was written for art, while modern music, which they defined as being from at least the 1960s, was made for entertainment. I, along with Alex, disagree with this statement. Here's her opinion on the quote. I, I would not agree with the dates that they quoted, nor would I agree with um, the dif- difference between art and entertainment, because I think in some ways they're combined. Um, and I think, furthermore, that if you only write music for art's sake and not to engage your listener I mean, or entertain, uh, that art is not going to survive. And so we have pieces that were written by Beethoven um, and, and Bach and Mozart uh, hundreds of years ago, and they are performed on the same programs with pieces that were written last year. As I said earlier, I think the main difference between classical music and modern music is that classical music requires the listener to be the artist, not the person who made it. The issue that I'm trying to solve is the underappreciation of classical music in the modern world. 
I asked Carboy if this is an issue, and she said this. Classical music isn't appreciated as much as it used to be. Do you agree with that? I, sadly, I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. I do agree with that. The main issue that I've discovered is that the arts are no longer taught in school anymore. As for myself, there are very few people that I know in school that are taught and educated in the classical arts. Along with this, attention spans and the ability to listen to music are very rapidly dwindling in our world. We live in constant stimulus now. Alex agreed with me on this. Yeah, I actually think that um, people now seem to me to to listen to music when they're doing other things. Mm -hmm. So they listen to it when they're exercising or when they're on a plane or you know taking a walk or they're in the subway and as opposed to going to a concert hall and sitting down turning your phone off and just listening i'm gonna stop for just a moment and let you think sit down and listen just listen i'm gonna play a phenomenal piece of music box Chacon, played by one of my favorite violinists ray chen and let you listen to it for just a little bit. Appreciate it. Put your phones away and listen. So, how was it? What did you feel? How do you interpret it? There are literally hundreds and hundreds of ways to interpret this piece and how to play it even. What did you feel? How did you interpret it? In my opinion, I think the beginning of this piece shows a grief that was present in Bach at the time as his wife had died pretty recently to this piece being written. But what do you feel? There are multiple stages as this piece is meant to follow roughly the five stages of grief. But again, it's so subjective. What did you feel? And what do you think you want to feel? Bach was a master of emotions and structure, as is present by the multiple chords. But what do you think this means? Seriously, say it to yourself. What do you think this means? That'll be about it for now. But I'll catch you later on in this series. Again, enjoy. (laughs) ¶¶ 